Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal! These guys are good! Scary good! And this crowd is going bananas! As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another week of line change. A shortened week uh, as we come out of the holiday break and get ready for... Wednesday's 14-game uh, slate in the NHL. We'll also talk about Thursday as well, uh, tomorrow. Uh, but for this one, it's just me and Nick. And for this one, we're going to start with our favorite underdogs for the upcoming monster slate. We are aligned on one of them. We are not aligned on the second one. So let's start with the one that we are both uh, digging here. Yeah, I'm. I hate that we have to go right back to it, but... I think the Senators are being given a pretty good number to be plus 150 versus Toronto. Um, They have really comparable results over the last month, which I know everyone's sick of hearing. But at the end of the day, you know, it has just been for the Sens, the main thing's just been a complete failure to close out games. We almost saw that again versus Pittsburgh. Um, but it ended up being a play that finally worked out. And I think that could be the kind of thing that that team needed. They finally held on. They got, they got one of these wins. And I continue to just look at this roster, think what everyone thought it should have been entering the year. They have been so disappointing, but they have kind of ran really to their worst possible record in terms of the way they played. So, And I should note, especially in a game like this coming out of the break, it's not the worst thing, I don't think, to take on this Sens team versus the Leafs in this kind of a spot where I feel like you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. Like maybe as a general rule of thumb, I'd probably prefer to lean towards underdogs um, even more than usual on this slate. So I just think we're getting the number here. I still think the Sens have all the pieces that, you know, everyone was proclaiming them making the playoffs uh, because of what their roster is. So as much as it's been a disappointment, as much as we've personally taken some horrible losses on this team, I think they can follow up that Pittsburgh game. I still, I, I think we're getting a big enough price here in a game where you know they're going to bring it. It's a huge spot for them. They they have to be ready for this, even coming out of the break. And I just think they can play with this Leaf t- Leafs team. They have the uh, offensive pieces to expose Toronto's back end a little bit. 
you never know what you're going to get out of Toronto's goaltending switch uh, situation until Joseph Wall comes back. So there's just enough arguments against Toronto here and enough volatility, I think, in this game where this is a good price to get on the Sens. Yeah, I think uh, when these two teams played a few weeks ago, we talked about liking the Sens a bit because of what you just said. They are they have the high-end uh, offensive ability to score with Toronto, uh, expose that banged-up blue line, and the goaltending, which is a concern for the Sens, is also a concern for for Toronto. Uh, and in a weird way, the way that Ottawa won that game against Pittsburgh was almost the best possible outcome for us because we had this one if we had this one circled a few days ago because yeah they did win but they also blew lead they had to get get to overtime to do so um so there's still some uh you know buy low value uh or you know prove it to us value from for ottawa uh so i do like the spot here i think the number is good on the senators yeah and where we throw def- there, mm-hmm. i was just gonna say the last note i'll throw it quick on that matchup a month ago that was one of those ones that sucked us in for a few more sends bets because they could have pummeled the Leafs in that game. Yeah. It's only one matchup. Doesn't mean that much. But it definitely did show they can skate with them. They ran really bad to lose that game, which has kind of been the story of their season. At some point, you got to talk about closing out games and the ability to win, and they just have not had it. But that also is part of the reason here why we're still seeing this kind of a number, I think, in a game where... I think this can easily just be a coin flip. Like I think the gameplay is going to be really close. I think the Sens can definitely generate an even amount of chances. So particularly coming out of the break, yeah, I think the number's there. The uh, the underdog we have uh, a little bit of an argument to go over is I like Columbus at north of 2-1 to one against the New Jersey Devils. You're, at the time of recording, we were doing this on boxing day tuesday afternoon uh, i see plus 215 out there there's been some 220s um i think plus anything better than plus 200 against new jersey is okay part of the argument here is uh something you touched on coming out of a break you do tend to lean towards underdog in these weird schedule situations uh, where everybody was off or uh you know, a team coming off a bye week, whatever those uh, in in any sport, you do you do you do tend to you do tend to want to lean uh, with underdogs, and when there's a lot more variance to the unknown variance to to sort through to sift through. Um, but that's not the only reason. The other reason here is the Devils are as good as we think this team can be. They're not there yet, and the goaltending um, it makes them so unpalatable uh, when they're laying this kind of wood so unpalatable like and we know that columbus has been scrappy there the, the efforts have been all right i thought the, the the game against the leafs was okay um but wasn't great uh but by any by no means was it was something that was like a uh left me a bad taste in my mouth is something that like would would make me think twice about betting columbus at this kind of number so with the math being here that ottawa could or excuse me that new jersey could just give up four goals on 18 or 20 shots uh and just makes columbus viable uh at this kind of number so it's a bet against the, the devil's goaltending which just has since shown no signs of life still um it's been horrible it's something that i think we can still <laughs> we can still make money off yeah. going against and no, on I the was... flip side i think that be- 
when it does turn around, if it does turn around, if they make some improvement, whatever ends up happening, it should continue to put some buy low value on the Devils going, uh, you know, in the future. If this thing does kind of tank a little bit and then they start to get saves, that'll be the time uh, that we've been waiting for to, to buy on New Jersey. Yeah, I know. I don't even say I disagree on this pick at all. I actually just was going to say I looked at the Devils. Because I just thought, you know, what do we think of this team right now? We're looking at minus 270. Has their recent play warranted it? Have they been a letdown? They've been 9-4-1 and one since he sure came back. So 9-5 and five for betting purposes. So 64% uh, of their games, they're winning. So depending on where you value Columbus, that's kind of how I arrived on this looking like a relatively fair number. So I actually think... I think you're right. It, it definitely would still be Columbus or pass for me. I just feel like I'm kind of seeing people still talking like the Devils are maybe losing a little more games than they are. Um, when I look at that kind of a sample without Heischer, and now you're talking about a home game versus Columbus, so you obviously have to move the needle a little more than that. Um, but I still think this is the right idea. I think it's them or the Devils are nothing. This could get crazy too. Um, I think the total of seven still looks almost tempting. It just feels like one where it's like looks so easy to blow open, but I don't think I can play the the over seven. That's just such a key number in hockey when you can't even win on a four, three scoreline. But yeah, I I don't think it's a bad take at all. I just think it's an interesting talking point because it's like what, what have the devils been recently? They're getting a ton of market respect, um, but their play since he sure's come back kind of warrants it. Um, but again, yeah, it comes down to how you view Columbus. We've kind of been, I, I do think Columbus has looked okay. So, yeah, I don't mind it at all here. I think it's it's very valid. Uh, yeah, and, and just on on those totals, like this one opened six and a half, but quickly went to seven. The Leafs sends, uh, there was a seven and a half out there. We'll see where it closes, but uh, some some pretty high totals on the slate. The very, I think they're, they're, everything is, uh, I think there's one six and everything else is six and a half or seven. Uh, as we record. Um, so just keep that in mind as well. Okay, uh, on to the big board. Like I said, pretty busy night here uh, in the NHL on the 27th. Let's start with the Bruins and Sabres. Um, Boston minus 160 on the road, Buffalo plus 132, a total here of six and a half. You, you were talking about the, the Devils a little bit and how you just it feels like they're lo- like the the general consensus is that they're losing a lot more than they actually are. I feel the same way about the Bruins and, and a little bit of like the same way about the Avalanche as well. Like you just kind of look up and they're like still at the top and whatever. But one the thing Bruins I'll say, are, yeah, the Bruins saying, are one thing I'll say the Bruins are doing are I should have said that was like when I when I left the Islander game the Friday before the break. Uh, the Bruins ended up winning in overtime uh, or whatever it was a couple weeks before and uh that's that was my thought and now we're starting to see this Bruins team get dragged to overtime uh to 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 throw up a dot every now and then I think the schedule's been a little rough and, and the, the injuries are still an issue I thought we were gonna get a better number on Buffalo here is what my point yeah I still more or less and that's gonna agree with what I say here I wrote an article in the wild to beat the Bruins in that game the last game before the break I was I almost was surprised at some of some of the numbers for Boston like so they're five, five, and three entering that game. So now they're five, six, and three in those fourteen games. Uh, their expected goals is well below fifty percent, and their goal differential would now be minus twelve. They lost that game by two, right? So 
it's been pretty bad. And we started to kind of question it. Like I know part of that sample hasn't had a uh, Zaka part of it didn't have McAvoy. So you got to factor that in. But we started to question when their record was as insanely good as it was. And they'd beaten up on a really bad schedule. If they weren't as outright far and above everyone else and like a clear top team as that suggested. And they really have come down to earth since then. So I'm actually a little, little afraid of Boston right now. I don't know if they're as bad as they've shown the last little bit, but it kind of feels like they are in a little bit of a lull and they're kind of coming back down to earth with the pack. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to bet Buffalo. It's, it, it, there is seemingly some credit being given to the idea of kind of how weak Boston really has been recently. So yeah, those, I, I do think it's kind of interesting though. I wonder, like, it's going to be really exciting to see how the Bruins look in the next two, three weeks if they push back or they kind of look, continue to look more mediocre. Because like at the start of the year, no one thought this team was going to be as good as last year anyways. And they went on this surprisingly insane run. And then it feels like everyone kind of just locked that into their minds. And, and now it looks like maybe that's not correct. And uh, yeah, on the Sabres, like you, I'm just looking for bigger numbers generally when I want to play them than this. And just look at their past five games. They had that great effort against Vegas. Then they get shut out by Arizona. They come back home after that one. They lose 9-4 to the Blue Jackets. Then they beat the Leafs 9-3. Then they put up a pretty good effort against the Rangers and lose in overtime. Like, screams the team that you really just want to circle after they get past, like, the plus 160 threshold. Um, and they're not there, obviously, here. And, and like you said, the, the Bruins, it does seem like the market is a little sour on them. So not maybe not the right time to go against them. Uh, all right, let's talk about the... Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Islanders in uh, UBS Arena on Long Island on Wednesday night. I will not be there for this one. Um, my brother will be, though. Uh, total six and a half Islanders at minus 125. Penguins, uh, slight underdog, plus 105. It it looks right to me. It This is not the time I would say you want to bet the Islanders. They're getting results the only way that they possibly can with the way that their roster is right now missing uh three top six defensemen and and embedding in new uh members on the blue line and getting key saves and clinical goal scoring from uh their top two lines have been really good um that said you just look at the rosters and it's pretty close to even you can see the advantages for both sides uh you see arguments for both sides here so um nothing uh i'd want to play i it kind of feels, it, to me, this one actually feels like a good live betting game. I think uh, a lot of times people oversimplify live betting in the NHL, which is uh, once, as soon as the team goes down 2 nothing, I want to bet on the other team. This one feels like a game where you can actually do that and, and maybe yeah. get away with it. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. If, uh, you know, maybe someone comes out a little sluggish, uh, you can't trust the pens that offend a, a lead too much either. Um, and I agree, really. I, I thought the number looked really fair, didn't jump out at all, I think. Kind of an easy summary of it would probably be that the Pens are a hair better than their record suggests, and the Isles are a hair worse than their record suggests. So for a game in New York, to me, that the price looked right. Uh, Red Wings and Wild up next. Detroit plus 126, Minnesota minus 152, a total of six and a half. Red Wings are weird too, man. This is a, these, both these teams are, I think, a little funky right now to bet on. Because uh, the Wild are... They're climbing. They they are seven and three in the last ten, three in a row. Had a great win against the Bruins. A couple of good performances against good teams. Uh, 
the Red Wings started to really trend down heading into the the Christmas break. They they do get a a, a win right before it against uh, Philadelphia in overtime, which was holy moly, um, <laughs> what a weird game that ended up being. Uh, and then they they lose uh, on the second half of the back to back the next night. And it's so strange to say this, but what is working for the Red Wings right now is Patrick Kane. Like Patrick Kane is, is actually yeah. playing really well. Well, the plan wasn't for him to carry such a load. Right. And that's so. the other, like, like that's, uh, so then that's what I was going to say. It's, it's so weird. Like what's working for them is Patrick Kane, the player, but what's not working for them is Patrick Kane, like being the player, like being the guy um, yeah. that they need to take this team. And, and now the goaltending is in absolute disarray because Lions hurt. Uh, Huso's hurt. You got a tandem of James Reimer and Michael Hutchinson. This is uh, not not the time to to bet Detroit at this kind of number either. So uh, uh, there are some passes where you just like pass. I got nothing to say in this game. I think this is a game that's really interesting that ultimately does lead to me just not wanting to touch it. Yeah, I think so too. There's some question marks with Detroit. Um, we had been heavy on kind of fading them when they were so hot to the point where I was getting Detroit fans upset and for Kane it has been coming in at the worst possible time and as people who didn't think he was going to be very good I'll defend him because he's been fine and he just came in when this team was on the wrong end of everything obviously with Larkin being out the Perron suspension Comper being out uh the schedule the fact that they were due to give up more goals and and quit finishing at the same kind of rate we saw they were about as pure a regression candidate a candidate as I think there was in the league. And now all those things have fallen apart and everyone's like, they're one and eight with Kane in the lineup or whatever it is. And he's just wearing it. So I don't think that's necessarily been him. I mean, it probably shows the point that you don't want him having such a huge role at five on five, but he's actually done better than I think a lot of people yeah. might've expected. So yeah, I, I think they're, they're an interesting team to watch moving forward. Like, are they a little closer to that team we saw early on now that they've got their bodies back? And then I think watching the Wilds injury situation here is kind of relevant too. I mean, they've been getting by playing Faber like 30 minutes a night, and he's been so good. But I feel like eventually it's going to be tough and when uh, Spurgeon's not in the lineup. I think they're going to need to get him back. So he's day-to-day. I think that's probably the main one to kind of watch here. But I didn't really have a lot of interest in either side i feel like detroit will stabilize some this month yep uh all right on to your caps they are taking on the rangers in uh manhattan they are a chunky underdog plus 172 rangers coming back at minus 215 uh total here of six one of the i think the only six on the board at the moment um i actually like washington here we've kind of we've had this discussion uh, a lot just in passing now the capitals are the team that the uh, that people think the islanders are or the islanders were in like their heyday which is just an absolute greater than the sum of their whole parts machine like they are everyone goes out there they all play their role they are not easy to skate through they're physical they like just wear you down they they from the second the puck drops to the second the like the the final horn goes like this team just works and we we've talked about it a little bit here but just that quality is so important to to like recognize in a in a in a hockey team over the course of an 82 game season because it just raises their floor so significantly when you know okay i i 
am almost 100% sure of the effort level I'm going to get out of the Washington Capitals night in and night out. And that's where it's at. The defensive numbers, offensive numbers, like they, they, they tell you a story of a mediocre team, but the, the team just is able to push themselves past them because of the, the hard work, the good goaltending. Um, and th- they're, they're bettable. Like they are a bettable team at this number, I think. I think so. I honestly thought I'd probably end up being closer to a, a bet on the Rangers, but I just can't believe how little respect the Caps are getting. They're 10th in points percentage in the league right now. I think they're incredibly lucky to be there, but they're being priced like a, a Buffalo here. Right. Like what, what did Buffalo close that for their game in New York last same, week? It's basically the same price. Yeah, like that's yeah, pretty crazy. The Caps have defended really well, and that's even being reflected in the analytics. They're their seventh in expected goals against uh, over the last month, which looks about right. I, I think they clearly are playing really good defensively. They're doing a really good job insulating their goaltenders and kind of giving what giving up what they want to give up. Um, there's no offensive punch, though, and I do right. think like this team's going to come down to earth. They're winning. They're taking a ton of games at overtime, and they're they're winning there. They're winning one goal games. They're getting incredible goaltending. Like I, I do think they aren't as good as their record, but yeah, I still think in this spot you're talking like all those arguments about the way they've played and the successes they've had work in their favor at this kind of a price when you're yep. saying that if they're keeping the game competitive that if they're hanging around they're not giving up easy goals this is the kind of number you want to take so i i do think it's the caps or pass and that's coming from someone who really thinks the caps are not as good as their record at all but again they're being priced like a pure non-playoff bottom feeder here so um yeah i, I yeah. think the caps are the team to consider in this game i think as a as a community batting community and people who are into like projections and making models and such a lot of times we overlook um some important context which is this is the only way washington can win like they're they if they went out there and thought okay we're going to you know run and gun with the the uh you know the leafs or the, the avalanche or whoever they get their doors blown off more, more, most nights like this is this is how you got to win with, with this roster and it's working and i think that teams generally don't get enough credit for doing that uh because like defending is interesting like it's a, it can be tough to quantify to an extent like pressured shots versus non-pressured shots is a gigantic difference if you pay attention yeah. to nhl players when they're shooting and they have enough time, they don't have a stick in their vicinity. They don't have a lane. They're trying to pull it, pull the shot through. You can see how much different it is. Like fourth line grinders are going to pick their spots perfectly. And that becomes a huge part of it is like you're trying to quantify what kind of chances they're actually giving up. I think the Caps have probably defended better than a lot of people um, realize, but I don't really see what they're doing well on the offensive side of right. things. And I mean, that's showing they're not scoring many goals. They're just winning close games, but. Yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see how this recipe works down the stretch. Um, and it should be noted that you, like you know they're going to play close games when even when they play bad teams. I have no faith in them blowing out of Columbus. Like them going to overtime and winning with Columbus last week was just about as standard as it gets for them. So, you know what? I'll also slide in there too because I get asked it by people who are uh, you know less into handicapping than us by my friends. Um, who don't pay as much attention? Like, what's wrong with Ovi? Can you should we start betting him to score goals as he do? And I continue to say no because he keeps getting priced because of who he is. So, yeah, like he'll probably start scoring more, but you can't 
you can't bet him like he's one of the best goal scorers ever. It's he's like still like plus one seventy or less. Yep. Um, which I just don't think you can do. He's got six goals. Uh, and and I also think that this matchup too uh, isn't terrible for them. Uh, the, the the special teams difference is obviously. Yeah, and I mean that might be an angle worth touching on quick too. Is that I couldn't believe how bad they played in the Rangers played in Washington earlier. I think it was it was in December when in that four zero game that was yep. a complete no show. It makes me think of that the Toronto um, two games they had with the Rangers were the first leg. The Rangers just completely no showed, and then they showed better the next one. So maybe there's a little bit of el- element to that if you want to factor in like you. That loss was definitely horrific for Lavi. I'm sure he was right. very upset about that and embarrassed. So, you know, if you rate that kind of thing, maybe there's a little stock to be put into that. Uh, Stars and Blues up next. Dallas is a minus 164 road favorite. St. Louis plus one, uh, 136, uh, total six and a half. You like the over. I, I'm happy to pass on this one. Yeah, I was. I would say over or pass. I just look at this Stars team right now. They're deep. They can roll you with three lines. They've got that uh, Duchesne unit's clicking so well. So they've got a lot of depth scoring. And I just continue to think that's going to show up versus the Blues. Part of the problem's been Bennington coming down to earth. Uh, and I just think this is kind of what the Blues are now, even though their offense is a little thin. They've got the Stars humming. And coming out of the break, too, I, you know, I'm sure you'll probably see some things out there breaking down how many small sample games have risen recently coming in and out of this break. So I don't mind it at all. I think that the, the blues are still kind of a, a good bet in these spots to the over. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Okay, on to uh, our beloved Coyotes as a home dog against the Colorado Avalanche. Ooh, yeah. Home yotes. Mmm. Habs are minus 166. Coyotes plus 138. Total of 6.5. Uh just not there it's just not there unfortunately um happy to root for the coyotes in this one i feel like i've been betting against them too much so um we'll see where this number goes i feel like the abs have been taking money um quite a bit as people are expecting especially when they're healthy um things to just click into gear there some sports books have them as the co-stanley cup favorite with a team like the rangers or bruins um they did win uh their last two games going into the break that said it's uh 
against a team like Arizona, who you know is just going to make things kind of tricky uh, with, a, with a good effort and um, a, a team that can score with Colorado uh, on, on the right night. So it's a little tricky here, this, this handicap. Yeah, I thought this looked pretty fair. Um, I was kind of kicking ourselves for not betting the Avs in that Yotes game on Saturday. It felt like one of those ones that once the puck dropped and it was 4 nothing Avs, I was like, yeah, that was coming. Because the Yotes really just aren't defending that well anymore, is the reality of it. Their goalies are being asked to do quite a bit. Um, so I don't know. I agree, though. I think it's just a good spot. Cheer on the Yotes. Call it what it is. And I think about the Avs being the outright favorite, and it seems so insane to me because I think about some of the holes down the lineup. But also their top pieces are just better than everyone else's, and they're probably only still as flawed as, you know, any other team you want to really pick apart in the NHL. So I guess I see it. It just, it seems kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll start talking more like down the stretch futures uh, in the coming weeks. But one I would say is like, there, there will come a time I think to bet the abs and it's going to be right. It's going to be before they make the move that they're bound to make at some point. Like if you're going to, if you do believe that this team is a good bet at the Stanley cup, I would do it. Um, pre-deadline uh because i think that when this team does uh make a splash in the trade market the the market will react really quickly um to colorado's it seems to react to a lot of stuff with them uh very quick jets and hawks uh winnipeg as you'd expect traveling as a chunky favorite minus 220 chicago plus 180 uh, at home a total six and a half uh for this one nope nothing for me yeah i had nothing here yeah, it's uh, I think the the if you had to pick the 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 game on this fourteen game slate that I would want to bet the least, it'd be this one. I do like the Kraken though as a plus one twenty five underdog in Calgary. Uh, the Flames minus one fifty, a total of six and a half. For this one, it's uh pretty simple here. Like the Flames are just not attractive to me when they get to this kind of price, even at home and against a team like Seattle that's, that's struggled to find its footing at all this season. Um, the Kraken did start to if you want to call it stabilize go right ahead uh but they found a way to win a couple games going into the break um four and two four yeah they're they're starting to to maybe put some points on in their pocket um and calgary's just they're not going to run away from anyone so you know why not take a shot with the dog here uh was my my logic i haven't been on the kraken in quite a bit i feel like so um here we go Love it. Yeah, I don't think the Kraken were ever as bad as their record, and they're, they're starting to stabilize. But it's funny, you look at these two teams, one in, one apart in the standings, and it, it does just feel like a destined to be a competitive close game when you look at just everything that's gone on with these teams and the way they always show out. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't mind it at all with the Kraken. All right, on, on the Kraken. San Jose, baby. Uh, plus 270 in uh, LA. The Kings minus 345. Total here, uh, a 6.5 as well. Uh, man, it's fun for a bit with the Sharks. They've now lost five in a row. Uh, the goal difference is sitting at a, a beautiful minus 67 uh, through 34 games. Uh, of course, the, the two, those two huge losses are doing a lot of the the heavy lifting there but even without them we're still talking about a team at like minus 50 uh going up against uh a los angeles kings team that is uh one of the best in the nhl so 
yeah, it's pretty tempting on San Jose, but I don't I don't think I'll do it. Yeah, I was I was passing on this one. Maybe you want maybe you could say the Sharks catching to the lower early. end of it again, I guess, given the schedule, but it feels pretty bad. It feels like a team that yeah. you know, they got a little bit of energy there and they got a little dead cap balance and whatever it is and and probably just some better pet clock really because their underlying numbers are still right yeah. at the bottom. They were better than they were at their worst, but yeah, it it uh I didn't really have anything too tempting here. And I I yeah, I don't know if you'd want to lay it to play uh the Kings here either at minus three sixty just seems about right. Seems like a natural game not to bet. Yeah, yeah, and I think that uh like between the caps and uh, blue jackets they're just a couple other big underdogs that I, I like better than teams like uh, San Jose or or Anaheim, who's hosting Vegas. Uh, the Knights minus two twenty, Ducks plus one eighty. Total six and a half. Uh, not not much here. The Ve- Vegas is like I I don't think I'd ever want to bet Vegas at these kind of numbers with the way that they they play and like just have the, the tendency to play in, into the grinded out tough game uh, close games. Um, meanwhile, the Ducks, man. Uh, just not high enough even at home so pass for me uh vegas and anaheim yeah if i would play the over if you there's sixes out there left um there's a couple on the board right now so i'll throw that out there um ducks got some of their guys back i think they can still put up some on the knights who seem a little unwilling right now to grind out games and they give up a ton of goals on that uh tough eastern swing They've been playing a lot of high-scoring hockey. I kind of think that's a little bit what they are right now. Um, we talk about it all the time in the NHL. We've seen coaches say it um, that you know you can't give it a hundred percent every night. I think that specifically applies to the way that you need to defend when you're um, playing your hardest and doing all the little things to kind of the maximum of your ability. And then you look at the the Knights' goal-scoring upside facing off against the Ducks. I think that this is kind of a Solid over to target coming out of the break right now if if there are sixes out there. But yeah, otherwise I would say pass. Okay. Uh on to our favorite bets for Wednesday, December twenty-seventh. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. Um, a lot of games to choose from. We both like this one that you're on. Um, so you can go first here. Yeah, I thought this was a little surprising that the Panthers opened as a slight underdog in Tampa. I think it'll stabilized to pick them everywhere and i would i would play it at minus 110 as well um we look at this panthers team right now and i just think that this is a deeper team with a a better back end uh one through six and offensively they have they don't have kucherov but they got some big dogs pulling a ton of weight and that's with kachuk really on the low end of his offensive upside clearly and you look at the underlying results it's not surprising to see that the last month the Panthers are drastically better almost everywhere across all strengths. They're second in expected goals. And I think they do show out pretty well on that front. Some of the recent losses weren't necessarily anything I think to um, look down upon. I was in the building for the Flames game. It was a bit of a weird game. It was, uh, you know, really slow, a bit of a slog. But with that said, the Panthers probably still did enough that they could have easily won three to one. Kind of the same story as the Kraken game. It feels like they're if anything, just kind of having some issues finishing the last week or two. And I don't really think there's much else to get concerned with with this Panthers team. I just think you can power rate them um, above Tampa all day long. I think that's fair to say. And, you know, if you're someone who really worries about the home and road splits, 
Um, I think that goes out the gate or out the window a little bit here. You know, you talk about coming out of the break for a, a big rivalry game and it's like, do they even fly to Tampa from Florida? Like, I, I don't know. I could personally not care less about that. I think it's kind of just a good time to get what I think is definitely a better Panthers team at a, at an even price or as a slight underdog, hopefully for some people listening to this. Yeah. I just didn't quite see this one. I, I, I thought right now it definitely makes sense to make the Panthers a favorite over the lightning. Uh, yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Um, and I do think that Florida's scuffling a bit in terms of their actual re- results, um, is helping you out. Uh, if you're looking at back the cats here, uh, five and five in their last 10 for, for Florida and, uh, Tampa's won three in a row, so it's just the the situation uh, couldn't have landed better uh, for those looking to bet on Florida uh, Panthers and, right now are a slight dog. We'll see where it closes, but like you, I like them. Florida should anything. be completely healthy. Yep, I'll throw out there too. Well, Tampa won't have Sergachev, who's struggled badly this year, but uh, I think they'd probably still rather have him in the lineup than not. So slight edge there with the roster situations as well. Uh, for my favorite bet, uh, I like Carolina as a favorite in Nashville. Carolina currently sitting as a minus one thirty five, uh, as minus one thirty five chalk. Uh, the Hurricanes are—they're doing so many things right, but the one thing that they're doing wrong is killing them, and that's they're just letting soft, cheap goals and um, and for a team like them, it's just that's such a. I mean, it's it's an issue for everybody, but for, let's say, like the Leafs or even the Devils to some extent, like those are teams that don't necessarily need to just work really, really hard to score. Carolina does. So like every goal that they allow that shouldn't go in be, just adds so much more pressure onto an offense that's calling card isn't finishing and uh, you know, creating a ton of high quality chances that the volume is always going to be there with Carolina, but the quality, of course, uh, lags behind it. So I do think that at some point, this Hurricanes goaltending situation just will shake out where they'll just get consistently slightly below average goaltending, and they can survive that. They just they can. Um, what we saw from Kochikov was this past what four or five game stretch was a perfect uh, metaphor for where we're we're at with this team. A couple of good games, and then an absolutely just a dud against the Islanders. The three of those goals had no business going in. Uh, so I'm going to continue to buy low on, on Carolina uh, and, and just back that the goaltending turns itself around. They, they waved Auntie Ranta. They sent him down. He's back up. I don't know who's going to start. Don't think it really matters. And the goaltending matchup against Usaros is, is an absolute nightmare. But it just, even with that, the fact that Carolina is a minus 135 favorite on the road even though they're completely missing expectations, still tells you that just how good this team is. It should be. Yeah, they've been playing so well. It's, it's definitely would be tough to be in that room on some of these nights, I think, because it's probably a bit of a question of what do you do? I'm sure it gets really frustrating, but they have been really good. I think you still want Kochikov. He really had been, and this is the crazy thing, stable for like five games, like you say. His numbers were amazing, but they right. really... He didn't do anything. That Detroit game, he gave up one goal, and he probably should have given up zero. Probably 95% of NHL goalies would have had a shutout that night. And I think there's been a lot of that lately. They've just been defending so well. Um, 
So yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a bad number at all the way that like we can expect this to look. And even like Carolina's goal scoring upside, I still think doesn't look that bad when I look at the roster, like I guess maybe compared to other like top Eastern teams, but with Svechnikov back in the mix, it shakes out pretty well. And like if Bunting can find his game a little bit, he's struggled. But like when you look at this roster, that's like four lines that are going to be irritating and could in theory chip in some offense. So yeah, I'm still high on the Canes. If they can get any goaltending at all, I think this is still the same team. If anything, they have more guys skating in their true primes this year if they can um, get the back end figured out a bit. So, yeah, I like it. I think they're definitely a team to watch and haven't really downgraded them much. They just need a save, which is always a frustrating angle to just look at as a better But Yep. Yeah. But that'll do it uh, for this episode. Uh 14 game extravaganza we'll be back to preview thursday nights we won't get together for friday um which means we also won't uh have a chance to give a true to form uh winter classic preview but we'll touch on that uh when we record because the lines are already up and uh we'll know kind of where this market is going to head for for monday's winter classic as well um but until we meet again for nick martin i'm michael lebuff thank you for listening to line change and best of luck with all your bets on Wednesday night. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.